0: Just think about the average American, right? If you were to do like 5% more than that person, how great you would be, you know, relative to the rest of the population. And so for those guys, it's all about discipline. I know a lot of people, and it's all about your network. I truly believe like, if you show me your routine, right? Show me your routine, I'll show you your future.
1: What makes the journey worth it? The pain. The adversity, the opposition, the challenges, the uncertainty. Why do I have to go through this? What's the lesson in this? I got a paralyzed right arm and hand. The million dollar question I get every single day is you wouldn't change what happened to you, why? Serendipity, join us for insightful dialogues about not just successes, but about failures, opposition, adversities that shape and mold than individuals to who they are today. I'm Inky Johnson, this is Serendipity. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to Serendipity with Inky Johnson. Uh, today's guest, Gerard Mayo. He's a husband, he's a father, he's a son, he's an NFL coach, he's a friend of mine, and I think he's a great individual. And so we're going to get right into it, man, and I'm not going to hold you guys long. I'm going to let you guys hear him talk. I'm going to let you guys hear his brilliance. And so here we go. Gerard Mayo, how you doing, sir? are well, bro? Man, first first and foremost, man, I want to say thanks for your time. I know you're busy, man. I know you got a family, you got kids, you got a wife. And so I greatly appreciate it.
0: I uh, appreciate the time. Anything for you, man. Look, day one, man, day one. <laughs> when, I left for, when I left for college, she was like, you're going to meet your real friends when you get to college. And uh, she wasn't lying. So you know, between you and, and Rob and Mo and Sinclair, the rest of the crew, you, know, you got anything for you guys?
1: My brother. Yeah, man. And so to, to tell you why I started this platform, uh, Mayo, like I firmly believe as people, man, we waste a lot of experiences, right? When things don't show up in the form of which we expect it, when things don't go the way we want them to go. And I feel as if if we can process things in the right way with the right perspective, when it comes to adversity, opposition, you know, even unfortunate moments, right? We can learn a lot from it and we can grow, right? Serendipity. That's where that comes from. And so in your early years, Mayo, right? Like, what would you say were some of the important things or moments or people that shaped and molded you into the individual that we've come to know?
0: You know, I would say uh, my mother, first and foremost. You know, um, you know, anytime you don't have a father in the home, for the most part, uh, it's tough. But my mother, then, you know, obviously she remarried when I was about 10 or 11 years old. And just having a stepfather really come in and fill that void. But during that period there, had a great set of grandparents, right? My grandmother, and my grandfather, You know, my grandfather was a chief master sergeant in the Air Force. So he, he was very rigid, right? Very rigid. You know, it was all about discipline, being on time, all that stuff. And, you know, during those times as a child, you know, it's tough, it's tough. I know one to wake up at 5.30 in the morning on a Saturday as an eight-year-old kid, right? Mm-hmm. And at the time, it's hard to see what that's really building but now when you look at the front windshield and what I've become today, you know, I'm trying to instill those same characteristics in my kids that my grandfather instilled in me.
1: Absolutely. And I've met your, your, your grandparents, man. Beautiful people. Your mom, you know, her husband, beautiful people. Like, when did you fall in love with the game of football, Mayo?
0: It was early. It was early on. You know, I was probably you know six or seven years old. But honestly, so, you know, we grew up playing every sport, so baseball. Mm-hmm soccer and football in one part you know it was more you know my mom there was four boys in the house a small house she wanted us to go burn that energy you know on the other hand it was free babysitting for my mom right it was a part of those times where she could really you know get a little break you know whether it's an hour in a day so she can go get a workout or whatever it is and i would say you know after playing all those sports by the time all of us got to high school you know, we kind of were like, it's all about football. I wasn't growing anymore. I wasn't getting any taller. So when I put I get more jacked up in the weight room and I love hitting people and love going out there and competing with a group of men, uh, you know, all striving for one goal. So that's when I fell in love with football.
1: Yeah. And so so like you speak about, you know, in high school going all in. And so we met in the same freshman class at the University of Tennessee, both blessed with scholarships, man. And We played, and it was an incredible game, and we learned a lot. But we really clicked because we were like-minded with the guys that we hung out with. And when you first got on campus, Mayo, what are some things that you were thinking about just in terms of being a student athlete that you thought would make you successful, not just on the field, but off the field? What are some of those things that were important to you?
0: You know, I I just think hard work is the most important thing, honestly. And then surrounding yourself with people who are like-minded, to your point. Um, like, I didn't want to hang around people who always wanted to go to the club or always wanted to, you know, kind of slack off. I wanted to hang out with go-getters. And that's kind of what, you know, I, you know it was definitely a blessing to kind of find you and Arian and Mo and, and everybody. It was a blessing to find you guys because you guys would never shy away from hard work. And anytime you're able to, like, impose that suffering on yourself, that kind of takes the power away from other people imposing their will on you. Right, does that make sense? Absolutely. So that's why I'm a huge proponent of. I know people hear it all the time, but they, like I haven't taken a hot shower in the morning in years, bro. Because mm-hmm. I got to, be able to really exercise my willpower, my mind, to be able to turn that water all the way to cold at five o'clock in the morning. Like that is a muscle that I'm always continually working. And honestly, when you think about willpower, like it's finite. Like you are, you're a lot more. I mean, you're, you know, it's easier to grab the donut later in the day than it is in the morning, right? <laughs> so what I'm saying, what I'm trying to get to is when you surround yourself with people who are all going after a common goal, right? So we would set this North Star. Look, we want to go to the NFL. It is where it is. And say I was weak that day. Like that day, like on Tuesday, I was just weak-minded. I knew right then and there, my brothers, Inky and the rest of you guys, you guys are going to be like, smack the donut right out of my hand. Just (laughs) smack it out of my hand, right? Because we will hold each other accountable. Mm -hmm. It's always powerful when you get a group of people together who are really going after a common goal.
1: Yeah, that's powerful, man. And I don't think um, a lot of times people, you know, realize the importance of having the right people around you. Like I tell people all the time, who you hang around is who you become, who you run with determines the direction that you run. And especially with adversity and opposition, Right. Just having people around you to help you see things the right way, see it as it is, but not worse than it is. And so one thing we have in common in our collegiate careers, we both hit injuries. Right. Mine, of course, it ended my career, but you hit an injury and you processed it the right way and you were able to come back. In terms of that process, Mayor, when you got injured. Right. Like how did you process that and still come out on the other side of that and continue to produce greatness?
0: You know, honestly, you know, it was tough, especially in my younger years, like at the University of Tennessee. But once again, it just came from, you know, first of all, my faith, right? I knew like what happened, I was going to be able to lean on my faith. I always knew I was going to be successful in something. I knew God had a plan for me. I just didn't know at the time. And sometimes it's hard, you know, when we get into those storms to really see the big picture. But then as we're doing now, we start to look back and really start to see where God's plan was really taking shape even though we were going through that storm, it was like, God, please help me get out of the storm. And so instead of praying about, you know, even now, you know, you think about some of the Stoics, right? You hear a lot about Stoicism and stuff like that, like staying killed, just knowing that there's a bigger plan. So when those injuries happen, you know, and even in the NFL, those injuries will happen. It's not about, Lord, like, you know, get me out of this storm. It's more about, like, Lord, just show me what you, where you're trying to take me. Like, you know, it's more about that. You know, like the injuries, you know, like they hurt, but it, it's not like gonna kill you, right? It's not gonna kill you. At the end of the day, like the pain's gonna go away. I'm just trying to always figure out, like, what is God trying to teach me in this moment? And that's kind of what kind of push. That, that's kind of what pushed me forward.
1: Absolutely, man. Like I always say, like the ability to learn is a gift, even when pain is your teacher. And like you said, like the pain might be there, but you know, eventually, it's gonna subside, and you're gonna get through it. And so 2008, man, you drafted, you know, first round, 10th pick to the Patriots. And I always say to people, like, it's a very small number of individuals that actually, when they start out when they're kids and they get to a certain point, whether they have goals, dreams, and aspirations, that actually get to see it manifest, right? And the dream is not deferred. And so you with the NFL, right, when you got to high school, you like, I'm going in. And you do it. You accomplish it. Like, what did that feel like, man? Of course, I'm around you and we talk about it, but what did it feel like to you when it happened?
0: It, it felt great, you know, and I will say this, like, I remember, you know, I didn't go to the draft. Like, I didn't go to New York. I was at home with my parents. Uh, so my grandparents, my mom, stepdad, and brothers, my agent was there. And, you know, it was like, all right, mom, you're good. But before you have those dreams and those goals, It's always like, at least for me, it's like, what's next? You know what I mean? It's like, what's next? And so, and and another thing is, like, I'm never satisfied. And it's a, that's, you know, I go back and forth with my mom on this, but I'm never satisfied and I'm always trying to outwork the next person. And so, as soon as I was drafted, I couldn't wait to get to New England. They had just won every single game but the Super Bowl the year before, right? And so then you come into an organization, a culture like that, and you're like, wow, this, this is very special. And so then we, I get to New England. All right, I get to New England. The first game of the season, Tom Brady tears his ACL. So now it's like, yeah, it's like now what? So you talk about moments where you really got to kind of question, you know, what's what's really the bigger purpose here? And we ended up winning eleven games that season. But um, it was great. It was great, man. And, and the goal always changed.
1: Absolutely. And in two thousand eight, you know, like I followed. My guys, like you, you was like a brother to me. And so obviously I followed your career when you were in the league. I saw when you became, you know, defensive player of the year, rookie season. You know what I'm saying? Like you come in and you crush it. You know what I'm saying? You got 49 out of 50 votes. I think Keith Rivers got the one vote, right? You crushed it and you executed on a level that was incredible. And you did it consistently in terms of hitting a hundred tackles plus, right? And then you get toward you know, the latter years of your career before you ended up retiring and you started looking at things a little bit different. And I remember when you said, like, you're probably about to call it quits. And I, I didn't believe it. Right. Because I drew inspiration from watching you play. Right. I loved turning on TV, watching my brother play, get busy. And so when you was like, Ink, I'm probably about to wrap it up, man, I couldn't believe it. And so what what space and place did you get to just as a man, right, outside of a football player, just as a man when you got to the point where you was like, all right, I'm ready to transition. What was your mindset like?
0: Yeah, you know, it was tough, you know. um, You know, going back to this being a dream, a childhood dream, and then accomplishing that dream and playing at a high level. Uh, You know, every year I would try to just take stock in what that last year brought. You know what I mean? So, you know, I got injured three years in a row, and I was just like, man, you know, I, and I had other thoughts going through my head. And anytime you get to the point where you're like, man, next year is going to be my last year, like, you're done. You're done. Any time some of that doubt starts to creep in your head, it's time to move on. And I was living by the same way. I was like, look, I'm going to fall on this sword. I'm going to fall on this sword. Literally, and I joke about it all the time. Like, you got to be like the phoenix, man. Like, mm. You can't be of failure. You can't be scared of failure. And I was like that bird that, that crashed and burned but I was reborn. And the thing about it, as I was playing, like, as I was playing, you know, I, I did the internships, was learning about business. Like, I was always looking out the front, what's next? Like, what does God have in store for me next? And then I looked at it from the standpoint of, all right, I'm not going to play 90% of the snaps anymore. It is what it is. Right? I've had these major injuries. Like, and I see some of these young kids coming up that weren't drafted. That they're hungry, right? They're hungry. And, Sometimes veterans get to a point where teams just want you there for the leadership, and for me, I can provide this leadership and not take a roster spot. Mm. And so I was like, I'm a fall on this sword, and then I transitioned, went and worked in business for a few years, which was a fantastic opportunity. But that—that uh, that was kind of my mindset, man. It was just I was tired of my kids seeing me, you know, hurt, or tired, you know, tired of my wife having to help me get down the stairs or whatever it was. You know, it was just—it's mm. a lot. It's a lot on your body. It's a lot on your mind.
1: Absolutely. And like you said, Mayor, you went after your career, you went and you got into business. And I knew you was already dabbling into business just as a player in terms of learning, internship, things of that nature. But when you went and you got into business, but now we know you as the linebackers coach, inside linebackers coach for the Patriots. What pulled you back to the game? Yeah, you know, I
0: love being around the guys. And honestly, when I was working in business, I was traveling a ton. And I was away from my family uh, a lot more than I wanted to be. I will say this, you know, I've, and I'm sure you have as well. Like we we've always had a chip on our shoulder, and we've always dealt with uh, a little bit of an of an imposter syndrome. All right, so we get to Tennessee, right? We got you know, I was a four star, you were a two star player, right? This, but we got there, and we're like, man, do I belong on this team? Right? Huge yeah. university at the time, Tennessee was you know powerhouse. And then you get then I get drafted to the Patriots. I'm like, I'm going to one of the greatest organizations in the history of sports. Like, do I belong here? Right. Mm-hmm. And after winning rookie of the year, do I belong here? I was a captain seven out of eight years, still had those questions. And that kind of that's kind of what pushed me. So even when I got to business, the same thing. I'm in rooms where I'm the only black or only person of color in the room. And plus I'm the youngest person in the room by 20 years. You, you know, so I always ask myself, like, how did I get here? And then I've always had that chip on my shoulder, like, let me prove to myself and to these other people that I belong here. And so getting back into coaching, I was like, I had the itch to get back around the guys, to get that feedback, that instant feedback. You either win or lose the game at the end of the day. And the thing about business, sometimes you don't know if you've won or lost, you know, until years are out, right? We're talking years at that point. So I wanted to get back into the game, get back around the guys, just get back in the locker
1: room, honestly. Absolutely. Mayo, I want to ask you this, just as a a coach, right, with all you've learned and culminated over your years as a player and in business, the moments you've experienced, the lessons you've extracted from it, now as a coach and you're having these guys up under you every single day, incredible opportunity to pour into them. You're seeing guys experience some of the things that you once experienced. Now shaping and molding and helping these guys What's the mission now as a coach with these young guys?
0: Honestly, it's just to instill discipline in these guys. You know, when you think about, you just think about the average American, right? And if you were to do like 5% more than that person, how great you would be, you know, relative to the rest of the population. And so for those guys, it's all about discipline. I know a lot of people, and it's all about your network. It's all about your group of guys that you're hanging with. And so a lot of people say, you know, show me your friends, I'll show you the future. I truly believe, like, if you show me your routine, mm-hmm. right, show me your routine, I'll show you your future. And what is routine? It's a set of daily habits, right? I also believe in self-suffering, like training your mind, right? Taking that cold shower, remembering the cold shower isn't only to train your mind as far as, like, overriding your mind's, you know, your mind wants to take the path of least resistance, honestly. Mm-hmm. Really, it's also to remind yourself of where you've come from. Like we've come, we've come from that place where you know, if you're the third person in line to take a shower, it's gonna be cold, right? <laughs> right? I'm sleep with no pillow, right? I'm gonna sleep with no pillow today, even though I got a hundred pillows. I'm gonna sleep with no pillow today because I need a reminder. Mm-hmm. And so for us, it's easy to get caught up in you know just being comfortable here you know, where we stand today. We sometimes need those subtle reminders to keep pushing and continuing to
1: evolve going forward. That's good, man. It's like the quote says, like if you think adventure is dangerous, you should try routine, right? And I agree with you there, man, routine is incredible. And I think that's why people speak, you know, very highly about you just as an individual, right? When you look at what people say about you, both as a player, as a coach, they speak to hard work, they speak to discipline, which leads to my next next question. You were one of the youngest guys, man, been interviewed for the head coaching job of the Philadelphia Eagles recently. That was the first NFL team I ended up speaking for, bro. A lot of people don't know that. It was incredible. They fought for me, got me in the door, and so I was jacked just off of that. But just the opportunity, man how did How did that feel, Mayo? I felt great, you
0: know. And that ended up, you know, that ended up being. What killed me was just my lack of experience. But I would say this: the experience of going uh, to meet with the Eagles was fantastic. I learned a lot. I know a lot of people look at it as a failure, but I looked at it as a learning opportunity. And I know if that's the if that's the course I want to go, like I can absolutely do it. You know, and I've always been the type where it's like, man, you see guys, you're like, man, that guy's a head coach. I know I can do it, right? Mm. It really was validation as far as you know. We talk about. You know, setting a north star or setting a goal. I know I'm headed the right way, right? I know I'm the right way. I'm headed north. So we'll see where it leads. We'll see where it leads. But it was a fantastic opportunity, great organization. Um, unfortunately it didn't work out, but hey, we're on to the next one.
1: Absolutely. I think that that speaks to serendipity, man, in terms of perspective and mindset, right? Like how you viewed the whole situation. In terms of looking at it, looking at the North Star of the situation, looking at the fact that I'm headed in the right direction and looking at the fact that having confirmation that, man, I know I can do this. Everybody wouldn't process it that way. Right. Like, that's why I started this. So people can see the mindset, the spirit of people, because a lot of times people think if they see a Gerard Mayo, if they meet the Gerard Mayo today, people think where they meet people is where they've always been. And me and you both know that's just not true. It's decisions, it's choices, it's character, it's integrity. Character is not something we inherit. Character is something we got to wake up every single day. We got to fight and we got to build it. And so as I take us out, man, is there a mantra that you live by, Mayo? Like something that you live by every single day that guides you, that gets you on the right path, that brings you back to center, right? With your family, right? With your business, with your guys that you coach every single day. Is there something that you will leave the world with? in the time that we're facing right now?
0: You know, honestly, like, I wish I could, uh, you know, say that I made this up, but I'm stealing it from Ray Dalio, but he always talks about pain plus reflection equals growth. I pain equals growth. And I truly believe that, and and also the whole self-suffering thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we gotta make sure, like, nothing is gonna come from taking the least backwards. Like, nothing good comes from that, right? Cool. Like, hard on yourself so when things outside of your control start to happen to you, right? Like things out of your control, you lose your job, uh, someone gets sick, whatever it Like is, you're able, you have the tools that you're able to deal with that stuff with a clear mind, right? Obviously there'll be a lot of emotions. I'll say one other tool I use a lot is like I always try to put it in perspective. So I think about, you know, how will I feel about this five minutes from now? How will I feel about this five hours from now, five days? five months, five years. And so when you think about it and really take a step back and zoom out, right? Now you're able to really corral your emotions and really like look at the big picture. So no matter if it's good or bad, that's kind of what I do.
1: Absolutely. I think that's great, man. And that's a great way to take us out. Guys, we greatly appreciate your time. Mayo, we greatly appreciate your insight and your wisdom. And thank you, man. We greatly appreciate it.